0: Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeli, and it came to pass in the month Chislev, in the, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning, the, and concerning Jerusalem." And they said to me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Skip the verse 6. And in his prayer, Nehemiah said, Let thine ear now be attentive. And thine eyes be opened, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, and for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Now skip to verse 11. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name, and prosper I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Tonight I want to minister on the subject of restoration. Restoration. This subject has been in my spirit for the last month and a half, two months. And in praying about what to bring tonight before you, I, I couldn't get away from this subject of, of, of what is we see in the book of Nehemiah. My heart kept on going back to Nehemiah and restoration. That's what I wanna minister on tonight, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you Tonight, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, most of all, that your spirit and God, your presence is in this place. For God, it's you that can set the captive free. Lord, not man, not any, Lord, not a musician, not a song, but it's you, Jesus, that can set the captive free. And Lord, tonight, we just pray, God, for your your presence and your anointing just to continue, Lord, throughout the ministry of your word. God, you speak. Lord, you minister. And Lord, we leave the results in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, the book of Nehemiah has been on my heart for the last month and a half, two months. It's it's interesting, sometimes when you're in in your Christian growth, God lays certain things upon your heart that you just can't get away away from. You ever experienced that before? God just lays something in your spirit and you just can't get away from it. God keeps bringing you back to that thing. And, in, and the book of Nehemiah has been exactly that for the, for the last, again, month and a half, two months. I would read the book of Matthew, and God would bring me right back to the book of Nehemiah. I'd start and maybe get in the book of Revelation and get blessed for a while, but then God would bring me right back to the book of Nehemiah. I just can't get away from it. And in this book... The over the, the, the overwhelming theme that we've seen in the book of Revelation, as you might already, I'm sorry, Nehemiah, that you might already know, is that the book of Nehemiah is God's book of restoration. Restoration, God, and the fact that God is a restoring God. He's a restoring God. And tonight, as I minister on the, on the topic of restoration, I want to I want to deal with first of all the plan then the time, and then some burnt stones, and then the wall. First of all, when the book of Nehemiah opens, it doesn't begin with some wonderful news of, of God's people living peacefully or living victoriously over, over their enemies. Or the, the, the story is not open with the walls rebuilt and the, the, God's people marching down the streets of Jerusalem, praising God and and praising God for the victory he's done. It doesn't open that way. But rather it opens with Hananiah, a brethren of Nehemiah, coming and reporting some bad news to Nehemiah. The fact that God's people, in in verse 3, were in captivity, they were... They were in great affliction, the Bible says. In great affliction and in great reproach. And the Bible says that the walls of Jerusalem were were broken down and they were burned. And it wasn't quite the news that Nehemiah might have expected. Because in the timing of this whole book of Nehemiah, actually uh, to create a, a setting for it, in 605 B.C., the, the people of, of, the, uh, of God's people, Israel, Judah, had gotten into captivity for 70 years. For some 70 years, they'd been in captivity in Babylon and then Persia. And then in 538 B.C., God laid it upon the heart of King Cyrus, the king of Persia, to let God's people return to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. And eventually, the whole city would be, would be rebuilt But here it was in the day of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1. It was now 445 B.C., some 90 years later. And by this time, the temple had been rebuilt. Temple worship had been reinstituted. Many more Jews had gone back to Jerusalem. And it might have been expected in the mind of Nehemiah that when he heard the news about what was happening in Jerusalem, that he might've thought that things were better than they they really were. You see that tonight? Again, he might've thought in his mind, you know, I should be expecting a good report. Things should be pretty good by now. It's been 90 years since God allowed his people to return. But the report that he got was just the opposite probably of what he was expecting. Instead of hearing again about people living in victory and the, and the city rebuilt and God's people doing great, he heard about his people being in great reproach and in affliction. And the word affliction means, just simply means the opposite of that which is good in the Hebrew. The opposite of that which is good, meaning that the people were in bad shape. The word reproach just simply means that they were an object of disgrace and reproach and scorn. And I might have surprised Nehemiah to hear such a report that God's people and God's holy city was in that shape. He might have expected something better. But you know, it's interesting that in the church today, it's interesting that Many times there is a report of the church doing wonderful, the church doing great things, and the church is on the move and doing great and mighty things. But I think it might come to much of the church's surprise that the church today is not in the shape it thinks it is. I said the church is, and on the whole today, it's not in the shape that it thinks it is. It's not in the shape that we might think it is today, that actually the church today is in a lot worse shape than we might think it really is. Then in the church today, there are so many people living in reproach and living afflicted, living lives full of failure, living lives that are uh, full of fear and condemnation because of laws they made for themselves, or laws that other people have made for them. Lives of consistent failure. Maybe uh, people in the church, believers in the church living a life that they don't want anybody else to know what they're doing because they've seen what the church will do to them. They know what the church will do to them because they've seen what, other, what the church does to others. And they don't want anybody to know about it. Many in the church, they are living in maybe apathy or complacency or lukewarmness. And I see a parallel, a strong parallel between the people of God then and the people of God as a whole today. It's not as strong and mighty as we might think it is or as the church thinks it is. And I think the church of Laodicea might have been surprised in 85, uh, uh, in, in 95 that is AD when they got that letter from John which really came from Jesus, that said to the church of Laodicea, you say that you are rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. But in reality, you are miserable, poor, wretched, blind, and naked. It might've surprised them. And this news about Israel being in this condition, I think it might've surprised Nehemiah. The Bible doesn't say this per se, but I think that when Nehemiah heard the news that God's people were living in this in this great affliction and were a reproach, he might have thought to himself, "You know what? That's not God's plan. that That's not God's plan for His people. That's not the plan." And the Bible does not say this either, but I think that Hananiah, when he brought the news to Nehemiah about the status of God's people, that he might and Hananiah might have said to, to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, what's the plan? <laughs> God's people are in such a state. Do you, do you have maybe a solution? Do you, what, what's, what's the plan, Nehemiah? And I think Nehemiah might have said, you know what? First of all, I know this: that the state that what they're in, that's not God's plan. But God does have a plan. I said, God does have a plan for His people, and in God's plan, is not for His people to be afflicted with sin. God's plan is not for His people to be to be overcome with fear and condemnation. That's not God's plan. But God does have a plan. And that plan is restoration. That plan is to see God restore his people. And when I say that tonight, I'm not talking about the whole church because the whole church will not be restored. But there is a people who will be. And God's plan is to restore. I said God's plan is to restore. That's been in my spirit the last several days. His plan is to restore. That is God's plan. It's interesting, the last several weeks, I've come across certain ones, I've talked to certain ones who have gone through some terrible, terrible things. Whether over the phone or wherever they are, and they've gone through some terrible things. And I've heard statements like this, I don't know what to do now. What am I going to do? What's going to happen now that this has happened? And sometimes whenever, whenever sin has come in and whenever sin has caused destruction and whenever failures come in or the devil has stolen that which truly belongs to you as a believer, it's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to get down. It's very easy to feel that reproach. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God has a plan. Hallelujah. God has a plan. Wake up, people. I said God has a plan. And that plan is to see God bring back that which God intended for them. More people are living hurt and afflicted than we may see, that we may, that we may think. People living and people hurting with things in their life, but God's people, but God's plan is to restore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, whether here or those listening by radio, that if you've been hurt, if you've been afflicted by sin or the devil, and the devil's stolen things away, and God's hurt you or your family, and the devil's hurt you or your family, God has a plan. And that plan is to restore. All he's asking is just to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. God will restore. That's his plan. In Joel chapter 2, verse 23. You don't have to turn it, I'll read it for you. Joel the prophet said some 400 years before the Nehemiah incident ever happened, prophet Joel said this, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause you to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, and the cankerworm, and the caterpillar, and the pummel worm, my great army which I have set among you. God said, I will restore, hallelujah. If you've lost years due to bad health, God can restore. If you've lost year, years bad to, due to a bad marriage, God can restore. If you've lost years because of sin, God can restore. He's got a plan tonight, people, and that plan is to restore. There are so many likenesses that I see between the passage of Nehemiah, the ministry of Nehemiah, and God's purpose in this ministry today. It's because there are so many people that have been hurt. Hurt by religious people. Hurt because of sin in their own life. Hurt because because of whatever the thing. But God has a plan through this ministry to see people restored to where God wants them to be, hallelujah, because not only is the cross the message of salvation, sanctification, consecration, but it's also the message of restoration, hallelujah, restoration, God has a plan to restore, praise the Lord, hallelujah, he said, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmerworm. I will restore. The God we serve tonight is a restoring God. And if you've been restored before, you know how wonderful it is to be restored by the Lord. And you know how, how, how urgent the need is for people to be restored. Because understand this, if they're not, many of them will, wind, will find themselves in hell. They'll completely lose their way. But God tonight has a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan in this ministry and through this ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's to bring the hurting, those that have been afflicted, and to see him come back and restored once again. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. God has got a plan. Praise the Lord. He's got a plan. You know, that which is greater is coming. I... Think of the scripture in Joel chapter 2 that we just read. And and also another passage in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9. The prophet said, he said, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. What was the Lord saying? The Lord is saying that I will restore and I will, and that which I give in return to take the place of that which you previously had will be greater than what you previously had. Because understand this, when God restores, He'll give you something better than what you had previously. How is that possible? How is that possible, you say? Because we serve an almighty God that can do it. Glory to God, hallelujah. That which God can give in return is greater. I said it's greater than that which you previously had. Some of you, the devils, come into your family and wreak havoc. I'm going to tell you tonight, God will restore and give you something greater. Some of you drugs, maybe listening by radio, maybe even some here tonight, drugs have torn your life apart. God can heal you, deliver you, restore you, and give you that 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 which the devil took away. God will restore, and when he restores, it's even better than it used to be. Hallelujah. God did not say it'd be more popular. God did not say it'd be more glamorous and more accepted. But he did say this he said, It will be greater hallelujah it will be greater than the former so people get ready hallelujah I said people I said people get ready glory to God people get ready because the greater is coming glory to God hallelujah I tell you what, again, we've only stepped into ankle deep water. That which is greater is on the way. Woo! Knee deep water. And water enough to swim in. I tell you what, praise the Lord. That which is greater is on the way. And I'm here to tell you tonight, again, if the devil's taking things away from you, God, just trust the Lord because God's got something greater just up ahead. Hallelujah. I said He's got something greater for you that will make what you had previously not look very good. God has a plan, and that plan is so awesome, it's so incredible. It's so incredible. It's so awesome. Eyes cannot see. Neither ears have heard, either as it entered into the mind of man, the things that God has prepared for his people who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's got a plan. He said to Jeremiah in 29, 11, he said, for the Lord knows the thoughts that he has towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end god's got a plan i said he's got a plan praise the lord and that plan is to restore just trust the lord and get ready for it praise the lord trust the lord and get ready for it because his plan is greater than your plan Sometimes we get so stuck in our thinking, thinking, and we try to fathom the things that maybe could come to pass. But understand this, our plan is nothing compared to the plan of God. So don't limit God by your plan. Put your plan aside and grab hold of the plan of God. Woo! Grab hold of the plan of God because his plan is greater, his plan is greater. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. His plan's greater. Some of you are thinking, I don't know about what their sister's got over there, but you know what? Some of you are gonna, are gonna get the same joy that his sisters has got. Hallelujah and some of you that haven't danced for years if you start dancing because God's got something greater. Hallelujah. He's got something greater. A greater joy, a greater victory, a greater peace, greater, a greater life, a greater ministry, a greater anointing, a better family. Hallelujah. The greater is coming. The greater is coming. <laughs> I can't get away from that tonight. The greater is coming. God has a plan. I've heard Brother Swagger stayed over, and you, we all have heard him say that sometimes he, he, has, he has thought, Lord, how in the world are we going to have the money to have, to have 2,000 stations that could cover, cover this nation with radio stations and the gospel? And he always tells us that he just trusts the Lord because he, know that, he knows that God's going to do it. The reason why, yes, is because God has a plan. <laughs> and there's no devil in hell that can stop the plan of God. No devil of hell can stop the plan of God. God's got a plan. Hallelujah and come hell or high water this plan is going through god's gonna get his plan through hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah god has got a plan some of you been going through some problems we're gonna wake up tonight with a thought in your mind, just echoing through your spirit. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for me. Hallelujah. God's got a plan. Some of you have been wondering, you know, I don't know if God can use me. God has got a plan. Hallelujah. God has got a plan. His plan is greater. He said, I will restore. I will restore. I didn't read the verse, but I feel like reading it. In Haggai chapter 2, the the verse just before, verse 9, verse 8, the Bible says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I'll shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and and the desire of nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter temple shall be, shall be greater than the former. Hallelujah. Say the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace. So that means every person that doesn't have peace when they come into the house of God, where God is dwelling, and where God's spirit is being poured out, that which doesn't have peace will walk out having peace. That which walks in and has no victory will walk out having victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That which comes in doesn't have joy will walk out having joy. Hallelujah. That which is not baptized in the Holy Spirit will leave baptized with the mighty Holy Ghost. And most of all, most of all, those that come in unsaved will go out saved by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In this house I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Do you need peace? Do you need victory? Do you need restoration in your life? I'm here to tell you tonight God has a plan. He's got a plan. Not only did Nehemiah believe that God was a God of restoration, but he also believed. In the right timing for that restoration. And in Nehemiah chapter one, and the verses that we just read out of chapter one, we did not read the whole thing, but we read a portion of his prayer that Nehemiah began to pray because the moment that Nehemiah heard about the condition of his people, Nehemiah went to prayer and went to seeking the face of God. He realized that that the condition was so urgent The condition was so urgent that something had to be done now. I said the condition was so urgent that something had to be done right now. And so Nehemiah began to seek the Lord. And in his prayer, in verse 6, he says, Let thine ear, the next word is now. Be attentive, and thine eyes be open. In verse 11, he said, O oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who, who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee. The servant, my servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He said, Now. Nehemiah recognized that not only was God, a, rest, God a, a God a restoration but he was he recognized that God's timing for it was now. You see Nehemiah knew the timing of the Lord and he recognized that the situation had been like this too long. Do you follow that tonight? I said he knew that it had been like this too long. And get this tonight there's so many people listening by radio in the United States of America, really all of the world, and maybe even some here tonight. You've been in the condition you are, and you've been going through this thing too long. I said you've been going for the, through this thing, you've been in this mess too long, and the time is now. You, you don't need restoration next week or next month. You need God to move for you now. Hallelujah. I said you need God to move for you now. That now is the time of God's restoration. Lord, not next year, not next month, Lord, not even tomorrow. But God, do it now. We need you now, Lord, to move. Hallelujah. That is the heart of a true intercessor. God, do something now for them. That is the one, that is the heart of one who, knew, who knows the restoring heart of God. God, we need you to move now. And your help, you don't need help again next month or next year. There are some things that time, or a lot of things, all things, that really ultimately time won't heal. The world says, well, just give us some time. Give it a month. Give it a year. Give it two years. But some things, time won't heal. God can use time. But time in itself is not the healer. God is the healer. And understand this. It's not God's plan for you to, for you to be in affliction in this state that you've been in anymore. It's God's plan to get you out and to bring you out. Hallelujah. The time is now. I'm telling you, people, the time is now for restoration. Hallelujah. When David came before his brothers and the the children of Israel, as they were standing, standing there before the Philistines, and there was mighty Goliath mocking God's people, making fun of them, because they were a bunch of chickens. They were a bunch of wimps. And and here's a, a David, a shepherd boy, but he was a shepherd boy who believed the Lord. And he comes up and says, "Guys, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to take care of this big man and knock him out and take care of him? Is there not a cause? I'm here to tell you tonight. The time is now. Don't wait." To pray, a month from now, get things right now, because God will restore. Praise the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter four, if you turn there in your Bibles, Nehemiah chapter four, verse one, it says, "But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we had built." the wall he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews and he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said what do these feeble Jews will they fortify themselves will they sacrifice will they make an end in a day will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said even that which they built if a fox goes up even he shall break down their stone wall In this passage, we see the kind of people that God restores and the kind, of, the kind of people that God uses in his work and the kind of people that I believe that God will use in these last days to do great and mighty things. These are, the, these are the kind of people that shall know their God and shall do great exploits. But in this passage, we see that the very thing that the enemy was mocking them for was the very thing that God used. And those things were burnt stones. Burnt stones. You mean to tell me, Nehemiah, that you're going to build a mighty wall? A fortified strengthened wall out of those burnt stones? Nehemiah said, you're absolutely right. Those burnt stones... You see, again, the very thing that the enemy mocked was the very thing that God would use to do a great and mighty work. The burnt stones, those burnt stones tonight, they represent people. People who have been through some things. People who have experienced failure. People who have experienced great affliction. People who have experienced a lot of things. People that maybe don't have the greatest of reputations. People who haven't graduated from the great seminaries of America, or anything. People who have maybe been kicked out of church for various things and they might think to themselves, God can't use me anymore, I just got kicked out of church. But you see, they are burnt stones. And those are the exact people that God's using. And God's restoring, hallelujah, burnt stones. And some of you tonight maybe hear those listening by radio. You might have said to yourself recently or maybe even today, you know, I don't know if God could ever use me or if God could restore or make anything good out of me. I've been through, I've been through too much. I've done too much. Brother so-and-so said uh, God could never use me. Or, uh, uh, Sister So and so said uh, that I would never be able to preach now. I guess I can't be used of God. I'm here to tell you tonight that you're just the kind of people God can use because God uses burnt stones. Hallelujah. Oh, well, Brother Bob, I don't know. I've been through, I've been through, you don't know my reputation. But God can take that and that which is degradable and that which is, that which is disgraceful and God can turn it around for his glory. God tonight uses and restores burnt stones. And if you've been through some things, don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you God can't restore and God can't do anything with you. It's a lie from the enemy because you're just the person God's looking for and he would choose people just like yourself. I believe he would choose people just like ourselves here tonight if we trust in the Lord, that God will use us for his glory to do a great and mighty work. Again, the very thing that that the enemy used and mocked them for was the very thing that God used. Praise the Lord. And finally, my last point tonight in Nehemiah chapter six. Nehemiah chapter 6, and verse 2. You see, Nehemiah had some enemies. I think of them sometimes as the three unholy amigos. They were Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem. These were men that don't really represent the world, but they represent religious people in the church. And they were coming against Nehemiah, and this time in chapter 6, they took a different approach. It says in verse 2 "Then Samballat and, and Geshem sent it to me saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief or they thought to do me harm is the idea. And I sent messages unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent me unto me this message four times and I answered them after that the same manner. Four different times. Four different times the same attack. Four different times the same answer. I'm not coming down off this wall. Hallelujah. You see, I believe that in this, in this time that we are in because this church and I believe every single one of us as a part of this church, this ministry is in the timing of the Lord. And our responsibility in this time that we're living in is to do do the same exact thing that Nehemiah did when the enemy came across his path and said, Nehemiah, why don't you come down off the wall? You see, because the enemy realized that the only way that he could stop they could stop Nehemiah and stop the work of God is for Nehemiah to come down off the wall. What does this have to do with restoration? What this has to do with restoration is this, is because if you come down off the wall, first of all, you can't be be used of God to restore others. And secondly, The restoration process, even your own life, will not be finished. And Nehemiah, here it was, his enemies, saying, come down off the wall. Come and meet. meet, let's meet together. Let's have an ecumenical meeting in the plain of Ono. But Nehemiah said, well, he didn't say this, but I think he did. He said, oh, no. I ain't going to, oh, no. Why in the world should the work cease while I come down to you? The work is too great and the price is too much. Hallelujah. I'm staying on the wall. Hallelujah. I'm staying on the wall. And what's your responsibility? What's my responsibility in these days we're living in? Stay on the wall. God's got a plan, and don't you dare get off the wall. Don't you dare stop doing what God's called you to do. The enemy knows that the only way he can defeat you is for you to get your eyes off of Jesus and off his cross, and he will tempt you to do just exactly that. But I'm here here to encourage you tonight, stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall, and you will see God's plan fulfilled. You want to see God's plan fulfilled? Stay on the wall. You want to see victory in your own life and the lives of others? Stay on the wall. You want to see joy come? You want to see peace, rest in your life and in this place? Stay on the wall. Hallelujah. Stay on the wall. Keep doing what God's called you to do don't get your eyes off jesus and the plan will be fulfilled hallelujah praise the lord that's been in my heart for the last several weeks stay on the wall stay on the wall stay on the wall stay on the wall wall. don't come down the work is too great stay on the wall and i'm here to tell you tonight in closing god's got a plan (laughs) hallelujah That plan is to restore. Cause watch out because God's got greater things ahead. Hallelujah. And you're in the timing of God, God's time is now. Praise the Lord and you, you stay on the wall. And if you're a burnt stone, don't be discouraged because God's looking out for you. Hallelujah. God has got you in the palm of your hand, and you're just the person God's going to use, and God will restore. Let's praise the Lord tonight. God's got a plan. His plan is greater than your plan. Hallelujah. Get ready for that which God has, what's just ahead. God will restore you, and praise the Lord.